we know that we serve a good God and he is truly worthy to be praised. I also want to welcome all of you who are here in the worship space. Uh, we thank God for you. We know that it's Friday. You had to press your way out, amen. Uh, working all week, hard workers. We have some hard workers here, amen. Do we have hard workers here? Hey, they smiling at me. Are they hard workers, amen. Uh, no one sit at the desk with their feet crossed. We have hard workers. And so we thank God for um, you who have pressed your way out tonight um, to worship with us. Um, just a couple of announcements. We're going to have a word of prayer, get into our opening song. Um, but we just want to encourage you that on um, um, next week, Sabbath, next week, Sabbath, um, we will be having our virtual communion as well as our um, communion at Northside Seventh-day Adventist Church. So we want to encourage those that are uh, want to be a part of this service uh, that you see your pastor. If you're in the SLAM area, please check with your pastor um, to get those emblems so that you can be a part of this awesome, awesome service. Here at the top, um, we'll have emblems prepared for you on tomorrow. Um, for those that want to pick theirs up early, um, don't want to wait to the last minute. Um, you can get those here at the church, or you can contact our first elder, Elder Harris, or you can contact uh, uh, one of our other elders, um, Elder Wellington. Um, also, you can see me. I try to leave myself out of the equation, but check with these guys first, amen? And if you can't get them, then come see um, little old me. Um, also want to remind you, as we continue to press forward, we will be having our worship time together on November the 24th. Um, we'll be here in the house. We'll be here in the sanctuary where we'll have our um, Thanksgiving service. And so we want to encourage you to let your family and friends know. We also want to encourage you to register. Right? We want to know who's coming. We want to make sure that we prepare enough space for everyone. Um, and so please go to um, our website, amen, um, and you will be able to grab, grab a link there. At this time, again, we want to welcome you to the Tabernacle of Praise where we're here to worship the Lord in the um, spirit of beauty and holiness. Let us just bow our heads for a moment and go to God in prayer. Loving Lord, our Father and our God, again, we are so thankful for the Sabbath. We thank you for giving us this opportunity to come before you, for holding us ever before you, for keeping us in the midst of it all. We give you praise, we give you honor, we give you glory, for you truly are an amazing God. Without you, we are hopelessly lost, but with you, we are more than conquerors. Thank you so much for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you are about to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the people of God say amen, amen. and amen again. Come on and join with me as we sing our opening song. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Anybody want to go to heaven in here tonight? You online. Anybody want to go in heaven? Amen. Come on and join in with us as we bless the name of the Lord as we sing when we all get to heaven. Come on, family. Sing the wondrous. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercies and his grace. In the mansions, in the mansions, bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. Come on, family, when we all, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all, when we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. While we walk the pilgrim's pathway, while we walk the 
pilgrim's path. Clouds will over. Spread the sky. But when traveling days are over, days are over. Not a shadow, not a sun. Come on, family, when we all, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Come on, let us then be true and faithful. Let us then be true and faithful. Trusting, serving every day. With just one glimpse of Him in glory. Will the toys of a life repair? Well, when we all get to heaven, what a day. Of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We'll sing and shout the victory. Onward to their prize. Come on. Onward to the prize before us. Soon his beauty will be. Soon the pearly gates will open. Oh, yes. And we shall tread the streets of gold. Come on, family. Well, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Come on, one more time. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be Well, when we all see Jesus We'll see one more time One more time Come on, y'all, here we go When we all get to heaven What a day of rejoicing that will be When we all see Jesus We'll sing shout the victory amen when we all get to heaven what a day what a day what a day somebody say what a day what a day of rejoicing that will be we'll be able to sit with the master and spend time with him be able to enjoy one another's company for real Without any cares of this world, for he will have made all things new. We thank God for you tonight. We know as we transition to our prayer time, we know that God is still a very present help in the time of whatever storm you're dealing with, whatever storm you're experiencing, whatever storm that may be on the horizon, God is already there. For the word of God declares that he will put no more on you what we are able to handle. So God weighs that thing out. He said, that's a little too much. Take that off. Uh, no, that's not enough. They can handle a little bit more. But I thank God that he gives me exactly what we need. So as we come to the throne, we want to encourage you to remember all of our missing members, our members that uh, haven't made it back out. We also want to remember those that are still battling with health challenges, uh, those that are 
have surgeries lined up. We want to ask God to go with them and be with them. Uh, remember our revival. And I believe that the word of God will not return unto him fully. That somebody somewhere is receiving a great blessing oh, yes. as a result of this effort here. Sometimes our eyes get the best of us. We want to see it. But some things aren't for you to see. God is just calling us to be faithful in all things. Can we be faithful tonight? Can we be faithful tonight? So let's remember our conference. Let's remember our church. Let us bow now as we look to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, our Savior, our Lord and our King, ruler and master of everything. We've come before you tonight with empty cups seeking you O oh God to fill us up have your way O oh God yes. Lord as we lay our petitions before you we dare not come Father without asking you O oh God to forgive us forgive us of our many sins cleanse us O oh God from all unrighteousness and allow your Holy Spirit to do what it do creating us a clean heart and renew the right spirit within us. Oh, we love talking to you, Jesus, for you truly are an amazing God. Without you, we're hopelessly lost. But with you, Jesus, we're more than conquerors. And so thank you for what you've done and what you're doing and what you are about to do in the lives of your people. Lord, I just want to lift up before you tonight the members of this great church. Father, I ask that you will stop by each home. I ask that you will visit each pillow. Let them know that you still have them in the palm of your hand. Let them know that you still care, that you haven't abandoned them. Father, we're asking you in a very special way that you will visit those that are in the hospital. Those that are laying on their bed of affliction. Lord, they need a touch from you tonight. They need to know that you are still a healer. They need to know, oh God, that you are still a deliverer. And that you are right there in the midst of it all. Hold them close. Touch them right now, Jesus. Do what you do, God. And let them know that you're still the great I am. Father, we have family members and friends that are still battling with COVID. This virus has come through, oh God, and it seems as if it will never leave. But Father, where it stays or whether it goes, it has no bearing on the creator of all things. So do what you do, God. Show your mercy. Throw your weight around, God. Let all the world know that you have it in the palm of your hands. Oh God, we need you tonight. We've been preaching. We've been teaching. We've been singing. We've been enjoying ourselves here. But Father, we're not here to just to have a good time. We're here, God, to, to set the captives free. Break the chains that bind. Father, somebody needs to see you tonight. Somebody needs a fresh touch from you tonight. Do what you do, God. Let them know that you are still the great I am. 
And Father, as we wind this time down tonight in prayer, we're asking that you will speak to us through your word. Speak through your word, God. Give us clarity. Give us understanding. And let us not leave here the same way we came. And we will be ever so mindful to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. This we pray in Jesus' name that the people of God say amen, amen. and amen again.
nothing like good gospel music, good worship music, nothing like it. I can listen to that all day and all night. so much worship team praise team God is truly good and he is worthy to be praised thank God for minister price over here I thank God for him thank God for you amen I'm looking and um I'm, I'm, I'm really in a very good place right now. Um, my, 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 my daughter's made it home. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Amen. My grandson is here with us. Amen. About to have some shuffling of the feet in the house. What once was a quiet moment. <laughs> but we're... <laughs> Amen. So um, we thank God for them. Um, for being here with us. Um, let us just go ahead and bow our heads for a word of prayer. Our loving Lord, our God, our Father, again, we thank you for what you have already done. Um, thank you for what you're doing and, and just giving us this opportunity to come before you. Um, again, you are truly an amazing God. Without you, we're hopelessly lost, but with you, we are more than conquerors. So, God, do what you do. Have your way tonight. Speak to us through your word and let the, my little old lips and my little old words, Father, shoot them, get them out the way. We want to hear from you, not, not me. So now I must decrease that the word of God, the spirit of God may increase into your hands. I commit my spirit in Jesus' name. Let the people of God say amen, amen. and amen again. Amen. Worship in uh, the sanctuary. We've been dealing with the sanctuary all uh, month of November, um, every Wednesday, Thursday, uh, Friday, and Sabbath. We've been dealing with the sanctuary and going through it. Um, we're talking about its furniture, its significance. We've made it all the way from the courtyard to the holy place to the most holy place. That's where we'll pick up the story tonight um, in the most holy place. We talked about um, 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 in the most holy place, we recognize that um, in this place, um, there are at least six pieces of furniture um, throughout the sanctuary. Um, you have the altar of sacrifice, the laver, um, and all of these things. We'll come back to that um, a little later, but we want to jump right on into um, the sanctuary, this last compartment um, that is very crucial and very important um, to our time tonight. Um, we see here that in this most holy place, it is the most holy of all holies. And inside of the most holy place, this is where we find the Ark of the Covenant. It is right here in Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 3 and through 4. And it simply says that behind the second curtain, 
uh, was a second section called the Most Holy Place, having the golden altar of incense and the Ark of the Covenant um, uh, covered on all sides with gold, and which was a golden urn holding the manna, and Aaron's rod that budded, and the table of or the tape that the tablet of the um, covenant. And we understand that inside of this um, um, article or inside of this piece of furniture, um, we see here that God has placed these items in. It was in this apartment that only the high priest, the high priest would minister, and that just once a year on the tenth day of the seventh month of the day of atonement that the cover of the ark was called the mercy seat and it was guarded by two angels or two cherubims one on either end with wings forming on the arch over the mercy seat and inside of this mercy seat we see here uh, that there is a great consolation of the fact that the Lord himself has covered uh, the broken law with the mercy seat and that he, the merciful God, took his position upon this seat. And so that every sinner who comes confessing his or her sins may receive mercy and pardon the mercy seat with the cloud of gold of, of glory the visible uh, representation of God's presence and its covering cherubim is a figure or a shadow of the throne of God who proclaims his name as merciful and gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in goodness and in truth. And so God had established the mercy seat so that you and I, as sinners, will understand and know that he is a merciful God. He revealeth that should man regard the Ten Commandments of God, to do away with the commandment is to, be, is to dethrone God. And you have many teachings where they want to do away with the commands of God, want to do away with the laws of God. But when you understand the law of God as it relates to the sanctuary as it relates to this apartment in the holy of holies, we understand that this um, law of God has to do with how merciful God is. And as we go through our time tonight, we'll understand that inside of uh, this um, piece of furniture, if you will, in this uh, Ark of the Covenant, that God placed three items in there. Uh, we went over the first two uh, earlier this week on Wednesday. We talked about Aaron's rod uh, uh, here in the book of uh, uh, of um, Hebrew, 
Um, we understand, or in numbers, we understand that Aaron's rod or a stab, it, it played an important part in God's plan to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. We understand as we've gone through this that it was Aaron's rod that was used in Pharaoh's court when Moses was uh, went to Pharaoh and asked Pharaoh to let God's people go, that it was Aaron's rod that was thrown on the ground and turned into a serpent. It, it, it was Aaron's rod that God used to stretch out over the seed that turned into blood. We understand through scripture, we've gone over that, that it was Aaron's rods that was summoned to plague all the frogs to come out and plague the land, that it was Aaron's rod. And we see here in the book of Numbers chapter 17, a, a, a verse one through three, that the Lord God, he spoke to Moses saying, speak to the sons of Israel and get from them a rod for each of their tribes. Because now as we fast forward, God has set the children of Israel free. They have now crossed the Red Sea. They have been traveling for some days now. And you know how it is. Uh, so, you know, it, you know, it always have to be somebody in the group. Well, they began to murmur. They began to complain because they felt as if God was giving Moses and Aaron too much responsibility as if they, they as, as if they weren't capable of doing the job. But we have to understand, my brothers and sisters, that God chooses who God chooses. It's not our choosing. It's God's choosing. It's not our plan. It's not our thoughts. It's God's plan. It's, it's God's thought. It, it, it is God who set up the tabernacle. It is God that woke us up and started us on our way. And sometimes we get beside ourselves as these Israelites, they got beside themselves and they began to complain and murmur to um, Noah and Aaron. And so God tells Noah and Aaron to get a rod. I need you to place your names on it. He goes on to say, uh, uh, in, in verse 4 through 5 uh, uh, that you shall then uh, uh, deposit them in the tent of meetings and I need you to understand that in the, in the morning what's going to happen is the rod that buds will be the individual or the person that I will be speaking through and to and I will be using that individual so we're going to shut it all down we're going to deal with this once and for all because it's too much murmuring, it's too much complaining going on and so to put an end to the unrest God once again used Aaron's rod for a miracle. God commanded Moses to have the leaders for, of each tribe of Israel bring a rod bring a rod and so we know as Moses brought the rods, we see here that on the next day, in Numbers 17, that on the next day Moses went into the tent of the, of the testimony, and behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi has sprouted and put forth buds, and it produced blossom, and it bore ripe almonds so it didn't just bud but it brought fruit it, 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 it i mean not not fruit but nuts uh, uh, uh some grains 
Amen. It brought forth some flowers. Uh, uh, this, uh, uh, this rod right here that we find in the tabernacle, we find in the tabernacle that budded, it simply represents life. Aaron's rod didn't just sprout buds, but it brought forth flowers that blew their mind. And so we go on here and we understand that God knows exactly what he's doing when he's doing it. Because in verse 10, it simply says, and the Lord said to Moses, place Aaron's staff permanently before the Ark of the Covenant to serve as a warning to, to rebels. So we see here that this rod has been placed in the ark as a reminder of all of those haters. All of those individuals that had a problem with God, that had a problem with um, Moses and with Aaron. Because remember what I said the other day, that when you have a problem with the man of God, when you have a problem with the woman of God, you really have a problem with God. And so Hebrews uh, chapter 9, uh, 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 verse 4 tells us that Aaron's rod remained in the Ark of the Covenant as a testimony of God's choice of Aaron and Moses to lead his people. God makes no mistakes. Aaron Rod, Aaron's rod was also, was also a reminder that God does not just put up with rebellion against himself or his chosen representatives on earth. Those who murmur, complain, and cause division within the body of Christ are to be rebuked. This was a very serious statement that God was making when he placed the rod inside of the Ark of the Covenant. And so we go on here. We see here not only did God have with inside of this Ark of the Covenant the rod of Aaron, but on last night uh, we talked about the manna, which was also inside uh, of this Ark of the Covenant. You see, the manna, God's plan of, on, on this earth, are far beyond any single human being. He desires that we work together in one accord to obey him and reflect his glory. God brought manna for the children of Israel. Manna was placed inside of the ark. Manna appeared as a provision for the Israelites during a time when they could not form because they had not yet come into the promised land. Uh, readily they were, uh, them for their land of promise until they were ready to set foot in the new season of promise. This time was purification require his provision for their earthly needs in unique ways. God chose manna because again, they began to murmur. They began to complain. You would have thought 
after all of these miraculous signs that God was showing the children of Israel that something would have clicked in their brain and caused them to straighten up and fly right, to just get right with God. But the truth of the matter is, so they did back then, we see the same thing being done right now. God has opened up doors for us. God has provided us with jobs. God has given us a clean bill of health. God has shown up in so many ways but yet we still murmur and complain to God. And so God, as a result of their murmuring, not only did God deliver food to their doorstep during this season, but he also miraculously kept their clothes from wearing out. It's amazing how we're so caught up in this over here when we're forgetting that God is over here blessing. God is over here keeping them healthy. God is over here keeping them warm. But they too busy complaining about this over here. This purpose of the manna, a provision was to help the Israelites know the Lord. You see, slavery had been a hard experience. The darkness of another sin can skew our understanding of God's character. We talked about that on yesterday. You see, the desert season was an intimate time for the Lord with his people so they would be ready to go into the promised land. You see, you have to understand that in the desert, uh, uh, there was no taskmaster in the desert uh, there was no distractions of keeping up with the daily chores uh, in the desert uh, there was no demanding bills to be paid uh, you know sometimes in the desert is where we can find the most relief uh, sometimes it's in the desert uh, where God shows us just how great and just how awesome he is uh, sometimes it's in the desert sometimes uh, we need a desert experience experience. Sometimes we need to be in the desert so we can hear God's voice just a little bit clearer. Sometimes we need the desert. Just this simple experience of trust and provision is seen in the desert. But oh, how they were unable to recognize the mercies of God. They were unable to recognize the goodness of God. They were unable to recognize the grace of God and the provision of God while in the desert. Because they were too busy complaining and too busy making noise that they should make murmuring and talking about this and worrying about who's on top and who have this position and who have that voice and who have that thing and that thus and the other and what we fail to realize is that God allowed deserts to come to help us so the manna was also Something that served, uh, something that served as a dividing line for the Israelites. Uh, it, it, it was a new, it, it, it was different, uh, it, it wasn't continued, uh, it, 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 it was continued all the way uh, uh, to the promised land. Uh, uh, it, it was forced that generation of God followers uh, to know him personally rather than culturally or, or, or as a family thing. In, in other words the ten commandments was also inside of this ark of the covenant 
You see, if I can bag up for a minute, uh, because we have to understand that it was inside, it, it was with this manner uh, that God allowed the children uh, of, of Israel uh, uh, to eat manna for some 40 years before they made it into the promised land. Now, I talked about it the other day because it just, you know, it just, you know, how many of us uh, uh, can eat a particular uh, uh, food, the same food? I'm not talking about mixing it up every now and again, uh, uh, but, but, but manna, ramen noodles, I think I use as an example. It's, you know, it's not, it's not like it's one of my favorites, but, but, but I do eat it from time to time. Come on, somebody. Uh, uh, but, but I can't imagine eating ramen noodles for 40 years, Elder, every day. For 40 years, ramen noodles. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. God is trying to, trying to show the folks something through the manna. And so not only was the manna inside of the Ark of the Covenant, uh, as we get to our, our talk tonight, amen, uh, we also find inside of the Ark of the Covenant the Ten Commandments. We find these stone tablets uh, were written by the creator himself with his own finger, uh, the Ten Commandments, which represents God's character right there in the Ark of the Covenant. Also, we understand that the fourth commandment, that, 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 the, that, that the four commandments reveal our obligations to God, our creator. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And then the last six uh, uh, deals with our relationship with each other. Love your neighbor as yourself as outlined by Jesus. You see, the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments being a revelation of God's character are unchanging. They're unchanging and, 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 and not only that but, 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 but it lets us know that, that they're unchanging uh, uh, and that they are permanent uh, uh, and, to, and then to demonstrate our love for God and his son Jesus Christ it is to conduct our lives in harmony with the Ten Commandments. God placed these commandments in our lives so that we can follow his precepts it's not there for decorations. It's not there to just show us uh, 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 how good God is. But it's there also for us to live by. They're there for us to, um, to um, study by the Ten Commandments. These stone tablets were placed inside of the ark because the ark represented the living presence of God amongst his people. The Ten Commandments is his character. The book of law that was written on parchment by Moses uh, uh, where the laws and ceremonies connected with uh, uh, the blood sacrifice uh, which were offered as an atonement for sin. You see the sacrifices and the ceremonies and the laws connected with them were symbols of which pointed to the Messiah which pointed to Jesus Christ who was the Lamb of God the Lamb that would take away uh, the sins of of the world. And so we see as we go back to this tabernacle, as we go back to this here a uh, 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 worship space, uh, we see that Jesus came by way of the tabernacle. He started in the outer court. 
He started in the courtyard here on earth where he performed his mission. He started at the altar as the lamb that was slain. He was sacrificed. He, he, he gave his life that you and I may have life. Not only that, but Jesus made his way to the laver where he was baptized, which baptism represents a cleansing. Jesus was clean. Which is where we find our justification. This is in the courtyard where we see our confession is taking place. And then we move, Jesus moved from the courtyard all the way to the holy place. Uh, and in here we find these pieces of furniture which uh, Jesus was the lampstand. He was also the, the bread. He was also the altar of incense where he made intercessions for you and for me. This is where forgiveness takes place. This is where a lot of us get stuck. This is where a lot of us get trapped. Right here in this place right here. Because we don't want to forgive. We don't want to let go of stuff. Remember there was a big thing going on that said, I can forgive you, but I won't forget. And I have to be honest with you that there are some things that I don't want to forget. There are some things that I don't want to lose, my, lose uh, as, a, as a reminder. I don't want to forget how God brought me out of a sinful world. I, I don't want to forget, amen, how God delivered me uh, from drugs and alcohol. I, I don't want to forget that. I also don't want to forget when somebody treat me bad. I don't want to forget that. They say, well, why don't you want to forget that, Pastor? Well, I don't want to forget it because to forget you for, to, to forget the fact that you treated me bad, I will most likely lose the, the fact that God gave me the ability to forgive you for treating me bad. You see, we don't want to let go of stuff. I know that's hard to swallow because we still stuck on forgiveness. But see, when you can forgive somebody, and I had some stuff done to me uh, where, where, where I, was, I, was, I was ready to take a ride. Oh, yeah. And I'm not talking about when I was outside the church. I'm talking about while I was in the church, as an elder in the church, ready to take a ride on the other side of town, loaded up. But God was able to get my heart right. To where now I don't have an issue with that individual. Now we have to just stay right there just for a little bit because I want to make it very clear that just because I don't invite that individual to my house for potluck don't mean that I have a problem with him. It's just that I remember. That's why I don't want to forget. I'm going to let you work with that. Jesus moves on into uh, 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 the most holy place. This is where our sins are removed. Right here in this place of worship. You see, when Christ began his ministry, uh, 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 he resisted Satan in, in, uh, uh, in the wilderness. And immediately after his baptism, he was crucified on that Friday. And, uh, uh, and he rose on that third day early, the Bible says, early on the first day of the week. Uh, uh, early uh, Sunday morning, early he rose. And after that, the Bible says that he ascended to the Father uh, with a promise 
to return and redeem his faithful followers. He fulfilled all of the symbolism contained in the ordinance, special Sabbaths and sacrificial laws contained in the book that Moses wrote on parchment paper and placed inside of the ark. Jesus, the parchment was, was, was unperishable, but when actually distinguishable, so it was with the law of sacrifice and upon Christ's death on the cross, the curtain in the temple was torn from top to bottom between the holy place and the, and the most holy place. It was torn in two from top to bottom by God's own hand, which lets us know now we have direct access to God. No more do we have to kill lambs and goats. No more do I have to drag a bull all the way across my front yard just to go to the to the um, tabernacle to um, offer up a sacrifice. No more do I have to worry about my neighbors as they peeking through the curtains wondering what am I sacrificing today? Wondering what kind of sin have I done today? You know how folk can get. They get all up in your business. You trying to go and get things right with God but they want to see what your sacrifice is because whatever sacrifice you brought it spoke to the sin that you committed and so when you brought a bull it meant something when you brought a lamb it meant something there was no more need for sacrifices we have been redeemed by God's mercy and, and God's grace, uh, uh, not by the shadows of, of things to come. Uh, all the symbols of the sacrificial laws uh, have now been fulfilled. Uh, no more do I have to worry about anything else because Jesus paid it all. Jesus covered it all. Jesus dealt with it all. Oh, I thank God. Because no more do I have to worry about it. You see, the stone, uh, uh, tablets containing uh, uh, the Ten Commandments, uh, uh, we understand uh, they are immutable. They are permanent. They are unchanging. Uh, a will, uh, and uh, they are a will, and they're God's character. So what I'm saying, what are you saying, preacher? What I'm saying, that God can't be changed. Uh, that his will is unchangeable. What I'm saying is that they are fixed. Uh, uh, they are permanent. Uh, I don't care what you do. I know you may not like it, but they are permanent. Uh, there is nothing you can do about it. It is what it is. Uh, and once we get it in our uh, uh, understanding that God is unchangeable, that he is always the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, he is an unchanging God uh, in a changing world. Uh, and while things around you may change, uh, God is the same. Uh, while your issues may change, uh, your health may change, uh, your finances may change, uh, but God God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Your friends may change. Your job may change. But God will never, ever, never, ever, ever, never change. He is an unchanging God in an ever so changing world. That's what I love about him. I love the fact that God is the same. 
That's why as we look at the sanctuary, we understand and we realize as Jesus played it out so clearly, he simply reminds us, he says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. And if you want to see God, you got to see Jesus. And oh, how many times we try to bypass Jesus. Remember a while ago I was in the park and I was talking to a friend of mine about my, my experience. And as I was talking to him, I just casually said, Lord Jesus. And his response to me was, what do you say that for? I said, well, what do you mean what did I say that for? He said, yeah, what did you, what did you say that for? You, you know, he, he can't hear you. I said, my Lord, he, he, he don't hear you. But I'm so glad that I know 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 that no matter what my friends say, no matter what my haters say, that Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody gets to my daddy except they come through me. So Jesus understands what we need before we're even in need of it. He said, if you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep them. We understand that God's commandments, there are ten of them. We call them the law. Amen. God understands what we need before we're even in need of it. God knows that his law will set us free. He understands that his laws is what's going to keep us in an ever so dying world. That's why God tells us, he says, we shall not have no other God before him. Why? Because God understands that if you put something before him, that you will give more attention to that thing than to God. That's why you can't serve two masters. Either you're going to become committed to one and you're going to mistreat the other. Not only that, but he also, he's telling us that we ought to make no graven image. Don't even put no statues up of another God. Oh, we see a lot of that going on in the land in which we live in. Uh, there are a lot of statues going on. God also reminds us and, 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 and he lets us know that we ought to trust him even when we can't trace him. That we ought to believe him when we can't believe nobody else. He says, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Don't use God's name any kind of way. Uh, uh, don't, don't, don't apologize to the pastor before. Uh, you know where I'm going with that. Had it happened too many times. Well, they apologize, pastor, forgive me, but I just got to say it like it is. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, 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 don't take God's name in vain. God says, remember the Sabbath day. To keep it holy. Uh, uh, this is not something that we pick and choose. This is not something that we decide whether or not we're going to do it or not. No, no. This is a part of the law of God. God laid these laws out from the beginning. And as I said earlier, these first four uh, deals with our relationship with God. That's why you can't X out anything. That's why you can't move stuff around like you're moving furniture. 
The first four deals with our relationship with God and, and the latter six deals with our relationship with each other. Honor your father and your mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. And thou shalt not covet. Why is it that God laid these commandments, laid these laws down for you and for me? We have to understand that the only way that we can stay on the straight and narrow is if we abide by these commandments, by these laws. Because God knows what we need before we are in need of it. Let me go a little further here because we understand that he that hath, that, that, that hath my commandments and keepeth them, the Bible says, uh, uh, he it is that loveth me and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. God said, I will love you. This is how I know you love me. Because, see, we can say a lot of stuff. Uh, we do. We can say a lot of stuff. But the evidence that you love me is how you honor my commands. It's one thing for me to say to my wife, I love you. But every time I fix her plate, I slide it across the table. One will wonder, do you really love her? I can say I love my brother and my sister. But every time you get in my presence, I have nothing but negativity to say about my brother and my sister. And you will most likely wonder, do you love your brother or your sister? The Bible says, Jesus says, God says, if you love me, you will honor my commandment. And when you honor my commandments, then I know that you are loving me. And you're loving your brothers and your sisters. It's not hard and it's not a rocket science. But oh, how we make life complicated. But I like the way Mark said it. Mark put it like this. Mark simply reminds us. He says here that, uh, 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 that, 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 uh, that, that we had to wait, that God had to wait to the fullness of time. That the time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. He simply reminds us and shares with us. He says, repent and believe in this gospel. Repent and believe in this gospel. You see, God had placed these commandments inside of the arts. I placed these, 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 these commandments inside of the ark so that we will understand and know that it is God that delivers. That it is God that saves. That it is God is the one that redeems his children. It is God and God alone. Because one day he is coming back. One day he's coming back in the clouds. He says, I'm coming with my reward. My reward is in my hands. 
I come to give each man according to their works, their deeds. Some will receive deeds of eternal life. Some will receive the reward, the reward of condemnation. I don't know about you, but it's my prayer that I receive the reward of eternal life. Because I know that he that shall come will come, and he will not tarry. Tonight, my brothers and sisters, tonight is the night for you to choose ye this day who you will serve. Will it be God or will it be man? Today is the day that you choose your day or your, or, or, or your time with God. I don't know who's viewing online here in the worship space, but today is your day. Because he's coming quickly and he's coming with his reward. I want to be in that number. I don't know about you. I I, I want to be in that number. I want to be able to receive him with open arms. Father God, again, we thank you. We give you all praise, honor, and glory. Father, we know that all things work together for the good of them who love you. and Who are called according to your purpose. Father, you have placed the sanctuary in our midst to show us how you will redeem us back to you. And as we understand this last piece of furniture in the most holy, you set it up, O God. Lord, we're ready to be with you today. Hold us close. When you crack the sky, Father, we want to be ready to receive you with open arms. There may be somebody viewing online that needs to get to know you just a little bit better. I pray that you will direct them to the right place, oh God. I pray that you will allow your Holy Spirit to move on them. Send them to our website, oh God. We ask that they will go to the Tabernacle of Praise SDA Church. That they'll find us there. Father, we ask that you will be with us here in the worship space. That we too, oh God, will make our calling and election sure. Thank you so much for what you've done, what you're doing. And what you're about to do. In Jesus name we pray. That the people of God say amen. Amen. And amen. We want to thank each and every one of you for coming out tonight. Thank you those that are viewing online. We pray that God. um, That that, that you received a blessing. um, From tonight. Uh, We want to encourage you to come back with us. Uh, Be here with us in the morning at 11. We'll be here in our worship space. And then back tomorrow evening at 7. Where we'll continue the last leg of the race. Where we'll we'll be dealing with the two goats. So we want to thank God for you. Um, We'll see you on tomorrow. Have a blessed and rest of the evening. And for those that have a gift they want to leave. We do have um, our deacon in the back. um, Standing there to receive those gifts. Thank you again.